It's episode 239 of Crack the Customer Code. And we're feeling the need. The need for speed. Are surveys really the best way to gather customer feedback, Adam? Uh, I bet you're going to tell us. <laughs> we're going to discuss it on this episode because... According to a recent report from Customer Thermometer, only 9% of customers fill out feedback surveys thoughtfully. You know, I love those questions. 9%. I love those questions where you know the person asking you already has the answer they want to give. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, I'm going to ask you so I can tell you what I know, (laughs) which is okay because we're on a (laughs) podcast, but I love when people like do that in other, pretty fun. So 9% <laughs> of customers fill out feedback surveys thoughtfully. That's actually encouraging. I would have not have guessed it was 9%. Is it? <laughs> yeah, th- this recent report basically just kind of underlines what I think many of us intuitively were thinking anyway, which is that customers are pretty fatigued with surveys. And because everybody's been sending out feedback surveys so often, um, many of us make a very quick decision on whether or not we're going to fill it out. And if we are going to fill it out, um, what our priority is. It's really not about I'm going to provide feedback out of the goodness of my heart. It's really about what do I have to say as a customer that I really need you to hear. And if this is the only way you're going to hear me, then I will fill out the survey that takes 15 minutes of my life. Yeah. I mean, I would say the two driving emotions, one is, uh, you know, there's some research behind the article you mentioned, which is unsatisfied customers, people that are upset or angry or more mm-hmm. likely to complete the survey. And I even feel yep. like the positive ones, and this is my just anecdotal opinion on this. I feel like a lot of the positive ones that are more than a couple of questions are generally because they want to give feedback for the individual that helped them more than the company. Yes, that's a really good point. That's a really good point because... I think one of the things that um, I've heard several folks from big brands mention is that employee names are one of the biggest things that show up in those verbatim boxes where you can type anything you want. When they get the reports on that, often employee names are what are mentioned there because people want to recognize the individual or individuals who actually help them in the customer journey. Yeah, I mean, I can say like, from my anecdotal experience as a small business owner, the great, we definitely got, you know, compliments for the business as a whole, but mm-hmm. a high percentage of the raving positive ones surrounded an individual. And I was in a service business. Uh, so there's a deeper connection between the service provider and the customer than, you know, perhaps retail or something like that. However, it really did center around the individual a lot. And if that's the case, then you have to ask, how how representative is our sample? How representative are the surveys we're getting? And we've talked about that with online reviews too. It's the people that love you, the people that hate you, right? Right, right. And, uh, and there, and, <laughs> There's and never, not a lot of like, queen, it was mediocre. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and that may just, be, that may just yeah. be human nature too. You've got to be passionate because it's a hassle. It's There's fatigue, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, and as the survey points out. I'm sorry, as the study points out, and that may just be human nature. You've got to have a driving, you know, deeper emotion to want to sit there and do a survey for somebody. Well, it's kind of, it goes back to the peak end rule, right? Like we, we will remember things that are dramatically emotional either way. 
um, more than any other part of the experience. So if we're reporting back on something, it's because we've had a dramatic moment of emotion, either good or bad. Um, and I think the other thing that happens, though, is as as we as brands, as organizations started gathering this feedback through surveys, we started seeing the potential of it. You know, if you start seeing like, wow, everybody's talking about this one employee, and then you say, well, how can we train best practices around what this employee is doing, and it improves the experience. And what about how what they said about the entryway, we could make that change. And, you know, you can really get a lot of great feedback. But then we started asking way too many questions. <laughs> so because we were excited about the fact that we could gather this feedback and do something with it, I think so many organizations just started inundating with like 50 questions on a survey with, you know, things that take a tremendous amount of time to fill out. And so more than two thirds of us as customers, we have abandoned surveys in the middle, simply because we're like, oh, my gosh, this is taking way too long. Too many questions. I'm done. And so instead of getting the initial feedback that we may have gotten, we don't get any, because they they skip out on us. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that when customers are giving you their time, we have to honor that. And sometimes I think we don't do that with surveys, because we really feel like it's about us in that moment. And it should really be about the customer, which is ironic, because we're, we're gathering feedback from them. But sometimes we still make it all about us. Well, it's because it's yeah, it's the difference between theory and reality. It's what we'd like to know from the customer, but then in reality, it's what should we really ask <laughs> in order to get yeah. some response at all, and to not you know give uh, you know create customer effort, give give them a uh, give them pause in doing it. And I think part of it's not just length of survey; it is where the survey occurs, where and when. Mm -hmm. And you know, we saw. Yeah. I think we can circle back to the Medallia conference we were at, uh, which to which we were uh, both given tickets, I should add, for disclosure. Uh, you know, it was fascinating what Apple was doing with employee surveys because mm -hmm. they were able to use it through technology. So it was just happening easy and in the moment, and it was short and there and timely as opposed to an email that's, you know, two days later. Right. And things like right. that. Well, and I also think that if if you can make it in the moment and let the customer know, like, we received this and we heard you very quickly, they're more likely to help you out next time. Because I know I get a lot of the email surveys that I fill out and then like the link, you know, where you get an email two days later and it says, please fill this out. And I will specifically say something that I expect a response to. And I almost never get a response as a customer. And so I think helping people feel heard in the moment can really help actually garner kind of good faith for the next time that you seek feedback. Because right now, I'm less likely to fill out something that they send me if they didn't get back to me about something I specifically mentioned in the survey. So you actually fill out and surveys. That's good of you. <laughs> I do. I do. Well, I'm I always never, curious, yeah, you know. I, don't, I know you have no time either, but you're, you're obviously prioritizing it. Um, because yeah, I mean, I fill out surveys if I specifically have a problem. I am one of the people that only does it negative. Now I don't do it to complain. Um, I'll mm -hmm. usually do it to like open a support ticket. It usually involves technology. Right. If I've responded to a survey, <laughs> uh, I probably, I mean, like if I do it, I'll do it big time. 
Like I've got a guy that uh, at a local shop here that uh, gave me incredible customer service. So I'm not, I didn't do any kind of like survey. I'm actually going to write an email to the company. About good. Um, oh, that's but, good. I'm glad. But yeah, um, you know, it's good. I, I did think about like doing like a month where I just fill out everyone just to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing that I find interesting about it is that sometimes it's hard to tell what they're measuring. Are they measuring the last transaction or are they measuring the whole relationship? And if you don't have an opportunity to really evaluate the whole relationship with them, the transactional response becomes the relationship evaluation. You know what I mean? So sometimes they'll send a survey saying, How was you know, buying from this company, and you think, well, it was great, except for the delivery of the product that that part stunk. So you can't give them like high marks, because of one part of the journey. But there's nowhere to really discuss that or they're, they're actually telling you sometimes like, we're only talking about this one moment, how is that one moment? And if they're if they define it like that, that's great. But if you don't have another opportunity to say, yeah, that was great in the store, but the delivery stunk then you're going to use that opportunity to feel heard. So I think part of this is designing the survey in a way to ask better questions. So create questions that you're really looking for. What is the end result that we're looking for as far as are we evaluating this part of the journey, the entire journey, and where can we give them free reign to tell us whatever they want? Because otherwise you will get kind of bogus feedback. Because I might rank an entire journey as, you know, not great because of one part that they're not letting me talk about or that they aren't even evaluating on their end. So it's tricky. You really do have to put yourself in the customer's shoes and think about if I'm going to give you my time to fill out this survey, what do you really want from me? And where can I tell you whatever I want to tell you? <laughs> like, that's the part that I think is sometimes overlooked. Um, well, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, we're talking about difference between transactional and relational when you're doing the transactional surveys, transactional NPS, whatever, whatever it is, when you're doing those, those are narrowly focused. I think you should always mm-hmm. have an open ended box Tell us, is there anything else about your experience you'd like to share or something like that, even on transactionals? Now, I know they're trying to keep it short. You know, with MPS, you're trying to keep right. it to two whatever questions. And I, I spoke about this on a previous episode. I had an airline that asked me, um, based on your uh, experience with the rep, would you hire him or her or something like that? Mm. And I was like, that's a great question. I would absolutely hire him or her. However... Did you ask me about the uh, <laughs> three days of hell it took me to get to her? Right. right? And that was the catch. I'd had a pretty bad experience. Not bad, but a pretty, you know, not great experience before I got mm-hmm. to the rep. So the rep got high marks, but uh, they definitely had gotten low marks for the general experience. And I wasn't able to share that. So to your point, I think, you know, making sure you have a lens on what you're trying to get and what the customer might want to share. Right. And I know some people are listening to this and thinking, oh, my gosh, we don't have the resources to go through all of that material. Um, and I would say if you are providing a survey and looking for feedback, you do have to you, you have to commit to this. You have to make sure that you are providing that avenue for somebody to tell you whatever they want about their experience. Um, but it's hard. We're not we're not saying it's 
easy work. And I think neither one of us is also saying that surveys are a bad tool. Um, They aren't a bad tool, but they're part of a bigger toolkit. And that's what we have to remember is that, you know, we are human beings, we are nuanced, we are emotionally driven, all those things that we always talk about. And sometimes that's really hard to put into a scale of one to five. Well, that (laughs) too. And uh, I'll say I have my issues with surveys a little bit uh, more and more. Uh, Not saying they're definitely not a tool that should not be used. However, I think we should do another episode on the validity of (laughs) Mm self-reporting because uh, Mm -hmm. humans are very bad at actually saying why they really did something. And surveys are completely about... Uh, you know, unless you ask about actions and they can remember them clearly, uh, surveys tend to be about uh, how they think they felt <laughs> and, and right. why they believe they made the decision, not necessarily how they felt and why they made the decision. But that will be exactly. another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go forth, write some surveys, let us know how they turn out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know what you're doing to get the best feedback you can from today's fatigued customers because we'd love to hear that too all right well we're gonna get out of here so we don't elicit podcast fatigue (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening everybody to crack the customer code we are a proud member of the c-suite radio family check out c-suitetv.com for even more business content and in-depth interviews also make sure you learn more about adam at customersthatstick.com and make sure to connect with Jeannie over at 360connects.com. That is E-X-T. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.